Hi, this is Jay Fallon, and today, the 22nd of July, 2022, you're about to hear an interview that I participated in with Pastor Patrick Russell from the Christian Friends of Israel. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening to The Slippery Slope. Hey, thanks very much again for uh, for joining me. I was been re- reading so much, reading so many things about what's happening in Israel, and um, yeah. and I thought, well, yeah, we have to we have to really discuss it and see what your I wanted to know what your perspective was on everything. Oh, there's so many things happening, man. Like you, it's hard to keep up. You've uh, every every time every day you you hear about things. It's like you know what's happening here what's happening here what's happening there and it's just it's just compounding it's like a wave just keeps rolling 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 and every every day is a new revelation of something and just trying to put all the pieces together that's the, the really hard thing yeah um i was just talking to somebody this morning they're saying look we, no one's got all the answers and i said yeah 100 correct because what you think happening today you know tomorrow something will change and it'll add something else to the conversation and it'll it's, it's just trying to keep on top of it all and just trying to keep a, um, a perspective of it all without okay. trying to understand everything because you won't. You know? Yeah. Just so, to know that God's putting all the pieces together. That's the thing. So how do you see the election? Oh, not the election, but the, the was it like a breakdown of the um, politics, the politics, the parliament over there? How do yeah. you see that? Where do you, where do you, where do you think it's, it's taking them? Man, if I had that answer, <laughs> every commentator on Israel is asked that, and I think every commentator just gets it wrong because um, to try and understand Israeli politics and how that's all being affected. Look, the bottom line is that Israel is is a nation in unbelief mm. concerning their Messiah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, you've got a very secular government. Um who tolerates the religious segment of community, but is very, very liberal, um, allowing all sorts of things into the country. As you know, Israel's got the largest um, gay and lesbian parade in the world. Yeah, I saw and, that. Um, yeah, and they hold it in Tel Aviv, but now they're trying to bring it up to Jerusalem, you know, the, the center of, of biblical understanding, you know? So you can see the, the, the spiritual battle going on there for, for, for Israel's soul. Their eyes are blinded until Jesus Christ comes back. Um, you know, the government, the population, they're, they're still in a blindness spiritually. Yeah. Even though God's starting to do some wonderful things there and yeah. the scales are starting to fall off, there's still a, a blindness and that's reflected in the government. So it doesn't matter who you get. Um, it doesn't matter who's coming into power. There's still a blindness. There's still a feeling their way. You got to understand they're going to receive somebody who they're going to hail as a as a as a Christ, who's going to be an antichrist, mm. who's going to end up um, persecuting them. So they're going to continue in that blindness until Jesus actually comes back. And one thing that I found really curious was the way the uh, their, their parliament had integrated with the, uh, the the Muslim part of it. Um, you know, with their like the, the Muslim believers, how how does that? Do you think do you think that can continue, or does that that has to um, does it have to go back to a uh, like an all Jewish 
if that's the right word, if that's the right phrase, but like, does it have to go back to an all Jewish um, parliament for uh, like for for the rest of um, like for things like the Ezekiel 38 war? Mm. You know, I just found it hard to 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 perceive how how they can have this Arab or, or this Muslim yeah. kind of section of their parliament if they're going to eventually go into the other yeah. parts. What what, do, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you got to understand the Arabs are just as deceived as the Jews. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, look, there's there's 120 seats in the Israeli parliament. Mm. Now, for anyone to govern in their own right, they need 61 out of the 120. They need that one seat majority. Yeah. Now, every major party, there's 39 different parties, would you believe, who contest the Israeli elections? 39. Wow. Now, the two big ones. Um, which is Benjamin Netanyahu, who's party the Likud and the um, the right. Yeah. They 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 can't govern in their own right. They can't win enough seats to govern. So they've got to come into all these little coalition parties, the thirty nine parties, and they might pick up one seat here and there. These thirty nine, uh, they may pick up seven or six or five. So what they've got to try and do is get these little minor parties on their side to form that 61 seat majority in the parliament. Yeah. And that's what that's what this present government did. They I think they were two seats short of forming a majority. So they invited the Arab Muslim yeah. party. Yeah, yeah. Basically the Arab the Muslim Brotherhood. They invited them into the coalition just to get them across the line. Mm-hmm. They hated Benjamin Netanyahu so much. Yeah. Yeah. That they were willing to make a deal with a Muslim party, which is unprecedented in in Israel. Yeah, yeah. Now, whether that happens again um, is highly unlikely, because you know um, they cause so much trouble. They, you know, they want this concession and that concession and yeah. this land and all. So it's very un- unlikely that that may happen again. Although I wouldn't rule it out in Israeli politics. So, look, these bigger parties are trying to get. A Jewish majority, total majority. They, they don't want these Arab parties in in their coalition. Mm-hmm. They tolerate them in the Knesset, which is an absolute miracle, because you know it just goes to show that they're not biased. They will allow Arab parties in the parliament. Yeah, but they don't want them in there, especially holding the knife over their heads, as it were, uh, the balance of power. So, look, whether it happens again, I don't know. But um, the major parties. Um, won't get the majority. Yep. Latest polling actually suggests that Benjamin Netanyahu's party um, would actually get 59 of the 61 seats. Okay. That's with their coalition partners. Yeah. So they're still going to be two seats short no matter what. Yeah. Now, where are they getting their two seats from? (laughs) Yeah. The opposition will only get something like, I think it's 51 seats. Yeah. So they need 10 seats from somewhere else. So they have to make these deals. Oh, they've got to make the deals and it's like making a deal with the devil you know it's uh do i bring these arabs in to get me over the line and then what concessions do i have to make yep so all this all this just shows the um instability of israeli politics hmm. um keeping in mind that they don't know christ they're, they're godless yep um and they'll make a deal wherever they can make a deal and especially when it comes to peace then they'll make the wrong deal eventually okay so so with my speaking of uh, deals and everything what um, what happened with with the president and the deals that he's made with uh, you know with Saudi Arabia and that and how um, can you explain that a little bit and, and how that also fits into or what you think it fits into with biblical 
prophetic aspect? Yeah. Well, Biden, as you know, was just over in Israel. He was there for a day or so, and then he went on to Saudi Arabia and met you know the leaders of different parties there. Um, when it comes to making a peace deal in the Middle East, you've got to have all the partners lined up. Mm. Saudi Arabia is a big one. Um, as you know, probably in Israel, Saudi Arabia um, has control of a lot of the uh, religious sites. Yeah, it's under the sort of jurisdiction, even though Jordan holds the Temple Mount, and but Saudi Arabia ha- has a big uh, influence on what happens there. So you've got to get Saudi Arabia on side. Um, I don't know what Biden went to Saudi Arabia really for. Uh, probably to try and organise some oil for the United States. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Um, but you've got to get all these partners in line. And Saudi Arabia is becoming a friend of Israel, would you believe? They're, they're actually going to allow Israeli jets to fly over their airspace, which they've never done before. Mm, amazing. So, which would be great. Commercial airliners, you know, you have to go down below Saudi Arabia and up the Red Sea and go around it. But now they're going to actually allow them to fly planes over the top of Saudi Arabia, which is a big step. Yep. Now, I think what's going to happen there is uh, there's a new leader coming. The old king's dying and he's son's taking over and he's more progressive this is that i think you'll see a few more peace deals with israel a few more yeah i I think it's everything is pointing to the players coming into line as it were yeah getting ready for these coalitions of peace and um but look it's very hard to to say definitively what uh, saudi arabia's role is going to be yeah but you've got to have them on side if you're going to have any sort of peace there you've got to have these major players so um, that that's yet to be seen. What's going to happen there? Yeah, but um, so in the long term, Saudi Arabia, uh, because they're described in in Ezekiel as being uh, the sorry, my mind's gone blank. Um, so basically, they're the ones that that stand up and they don't say anything against the. Uh, when when the coalition of nations like uh, which is led by Russia, yeah. so they they kind of just yeah. wag their finger and don't say anything, which would seem to be yeah. that they've made a uh, bit of a, a deal, um, or you know yeah. they they they're not a part of the attack that uh, that God says. That's it. Will they happen. stand up and say, "What are you doing?" You know, basically, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you doing? So, so and w- what's their name in the Bible again? What's, what's their is it Dan? And... Well, it, yeah. Well, it could well known as Arabia. Um, uh, I think it's D-Dan. It can be um, the tense of uh, D-Dan. And I think there's a few I know, I'm not exactly sure. Um, yeah, okay. I can't remember at this stage. But you've got to understand that Saudi Arabia hates Iran. And Iran is going to be part of that coalition that attacks Israel. Mm. So Saudi Arabia is not going to join them. No. Um, so they're going to stand there and basically wag your finger and say, what are you guys doing? You know, So it just shows like a thawing, if you like, in the relationship between Israel and Saudi Arabia, that Saudi Arabia is not going to, um, not in a position to defend Israel, but it's not going to condemn condemn them either. Yeah. And basically question, why is this coalition, what are you doing taking taking on Israel, basically? So you can see that happening now. There's a thawing in their relationship. Yep. And I think it's going to get a little bit better. Yeah. Um, without being totally buddy-buddy-buddy. Because they've made um, some other business deals with Israel as well. Yeah, oh, billions of dollars. Billions. Of, and they're investing in Israel. Yeah. Jared Kutch has organised these um, business deals between Saudi Arabia and Israel. 
where Saudi Arabia is investing billions of dollars in Israeli companies and startups and tech and all those sorts of things. So, you know, they know where the money is. <laughs> um, so the other thing, obviously, that's going on with the, with the war over in uh, between Russia and, and the Ukraine and everything that's happening there, and I just wanted to get back to uh, what the Bible describes in Ezekiel 38 about this coalition of nations that um, that it says is, is led by uh, by modern day Russia. And, you know, uh, I think it's Turkey and Iran and a few other nations are a part of that, but they're the main players. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of commentary on how this is all going to be, you know, it looks like it's playing out. We, we see all, as you said before, that we see all those players kind of coming into action. Uh, how do you think it's it is now? It's um, for starters. When do you think? Uh, when would you know? When would you think that that actual uh, time frame be? I mean, I don't, don't mean the dates or anything, but uh, is this something that you would see uh, as a pre-tribulation or as a post-tribulation event, as in the invasion that that actual that attempted at an invasion? Um, would you always think of it as something pre-tribulation or post-tribulation? Yeah, well, there's two thoughts on that. Um, a lot of scholars actually think there may be two battles of Armageddon. They're not called Armageddon, both yeah. of them, but there could be two battles. There could be one before Christ returns and then one after. Okay. Um, well, there's definitely going to be one after at the end of the millennial when the armies of the earth come against Christ. He's going to just destroy them like that. So they're, they're talking about two. Now, whether that happens before Christ returns, somewhere in that seven-year period, yep. or after. Um, what I what I always say is, and you've heard me talk about the shadows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before the substance arises, always a shadow. And what, what we're seeing here are the shadows um, appearing, whereas Russia, Iran, Turkey, they're forming a coalition. Now, this was predicted thousands of years ago. Mm. And it's relevant for our day today. Yeah. There was a photograph in the paper yesterday of uh, Putin holding Raisi's hand, the leader of Iran, who's yep. holding Erdogan's hand, the leader of Turkey, the three of them together. Yeah. You think that was written off thousands of years ago. Here it is right in front of my eyes today, the 19th of July. Uh, this, I know this is the 21st, but two days ago. Yeah. There it right is. Now, if that's not a shadow of what has been predicted in Ezekiel 38, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. So we're seeing the shadow. We're seeing the formation. Now, these three leaders came together and they're talking about the war in Syria. Um, that's what they were talking about because Turkey doesn't want the Kurds on the northern border of Syria in their territory. So they're talking about that. And Russia doesn't want Israel you know, bombing Damascus International Airport and taking out all these Iranian missiles that are being smuggled in and Iran's talk. So they're all talking about that. Now, Israel is going to be center of the talk yeah. because of Israel's involvement in Syria. Yeah. Um, so these are shadows. This is the formation. This is the coming together. So it's not hard to see them beginning to talk about Israel and, well, how are we going to solve this problem? How are we going to... Because Israel now, as you know, has got all the gas out there in the Mediterranean. Yep. Russia, and we might get onto this, their relationship with Russia is souring yeah. because Russia's cut off all the gas oil supplies to the 
to the European nations, who's stepping into the breach? Yep. Israel. <laughs> They've got all this gas now. Yeah. And they're sending it to Germany. Germany signed a deal with them. So Israel's bypassing Russia, if you like. Yeah. And Russia's getting a bit upset about that. So the relationship going downhill. So you can see all this sort of pointing. This is this is building up. This is sort of building into something that no one could possibly predict. But yeah. you can see the sign in the shadows. So. Yeah, I, I was glad you said that because I... I was trying to explain this the other day on a, on a uh, on an episode because you could see how you know obviously Israel's got all this gas and they've got a lot of oil too I'm led to believe yeah, and yeah. and you know when it's described that um I think the hook God puts that hook in in the mouth yeah, of the leader right. and uh, and you know pulls him back and he's he's there yeah. to to take yeah. the spoils you know? yeah that's it that's it. And I sit there going, in my head, I'm sitting there going, wow, you can see how it would, because, you know, Russia's at the moment, um, it's threatening to cut off the oil, cut off the gas for Germany and all those nations. And you sit there, and in my head, I'm going, wow, this could all happen so quickly in reality. You know, they cut it off. They, you know, Israel says, hey, we'll step in and fill the gap. And then Russia gets the, gets irritated and says, well, let's go. (laughs) This is the guy, crikey. Let's go down and take it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, Turkey as a nation is bankrupt. They're, they're desperate. They're looking for oil. They're looking for gas. They're looking for this. They're looking for money for this. They're, they're in dire straits. And so Turkey, if you're nothing for Turkey to say, well, come on, let's go down into our Mediterranean, just down the coast a bit, and yeah. take, this, take this gas, you know, let's get rid of Israel and it's all ours, you know. It's, so you can see a lot of possibilities without yeah. knowing exactly what's going to happen. You can see sort of like a shadow coming. We don't yep. know the substance. Um, when you see a shadow, you, you can see the outline, but you can't see all the little details no. until the substance actually arrives. And then you say, oh, there's the detail. There's the eye. There's a... But you can see the outline of it all, can't you? So, yeah. I, I just love, absolutely love the fact that something that was written several thousand years ago, um, yeah. and, and you can see it playing out before your eyes. And I said, go on, this is just... It, it, yeah. I get so excited. I just like it. yeah. Well, I do too. Yeah. And 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 my focus, as you know, is on Israel. And when yeah. I see Israel coming back into the land, and I'm reading about all these ancient prophets who wrote thousands of years ago, who who saw a regathering of a dispersed people. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it's happening in my day and my age. And I see all these nations and all the Jews coming back from the nations. I'm thinking, man, this this. If you got eyes to see, this is the word of God coming true. And yeah. That excites me. And then you see all these other things happening that yep. were spoken of. Yep. Nations who hated each other up until 30, 40 years ago, like Russia and Iran hated each other. Yeah. And now they're buddy buddies. You know, it's like, come on, you can't bury your head in the sand and say this is not happening. Yeah. This is God, this is this is exciting and it's just to see it happening every day is like wow. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. I just um and, and as you said, you know, the importance of being able to see and explain to people that something that was written so long ago and this this is their confirmation. Yeah, um yeah. you know, their confirmation of, of really God's word. People doubt it. You can see, well, hey, yeah. physically prove it. It's not not just yeah. believing in something airy, yeah. fairy. I can physically prove it. Prove it, yeah. Yeah. And, and that is a good way to prove that God is real. Because you say something 2,000 years ago, people think, oh, well, that's 2,000 years ago. It could happen anyway, you know. But to be happening exactly how he said it mm. proves that God is real. He said it and he's doing it. Yeah. And that's how you can prove that God's real. Look at Israel. 
Oh, yeah. they'll be scattered. They'll be gathered. What's happening? You open your eyes and have a look. Yeah. You know, God is proving himself true if people will only open their eyes sincerely and have a look. Yeah. Um. Yes. So one other thing I want, I want to bring things back a little closer to home because of what um, some of the discussions that have been happening uh to me, it feels like Australia's kind of been pulled apart with a lot of um, trans discussions, you know, and and it feels like there's a lot of confusion back home. Um, so from a, and one thing I've found hard to, because I, I kind of, I wanted to talk about things on the, on the podcast without being too, uh, without being too harsh, um, because in my mind, some of these issues with the, the yeah. trans issues and that, um, I, I I feel I feel genuinely sorry for these people because you sit there thinking, well, they don't, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're confused. How do you how do you discuss yeah, or yeah, how do you how do you tackle those issues if if they ever come up with your you know with your pastor work and stuff? Um, how do you help people with that? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm pretty blunt. You know, I'm, I'm known to be sort of straightforward. I don't sort of <laughs> worry about political correctness many times. I get myself into trouble sometimes. But look, I'm, I'm very blunt. Uh, the Bible talks about the time of Christ's return. It's going to be like the days of Noah and the days yeah. of Lot. Yeah. Now, have a look at the days of Lot. What was happening? There was cities that were just totally dominated through sexual immorality, perversion, you know, the homosexuality, all those things. Now, that's only one sign. It's not just the only sign, but it's, that was part of society. You have a look at society today. It is totally perverted in its thinking. Um, homosexuality and things like that are accepted as normal. Um, you try and question that or give a different opinion. You're shouted down, you're shot down, you're ridiculed, you're persecuted. They can have their view and they say everyone, you know, everyone is even. You can have your own point of view, but you have a Christian perspective and you're crucified. You, that's not tolerated. No. And so when I'm talking to those things with people, I'm saying, listen, the Bible talks about how if people have a heart for those things, God says he'll give them over to that. He'll, he'll say, okay, that's what you want. Okay, you go for that. In and so that's one. the mindset. Yeah. yeah. So people who are deceived are deceived. And I do feel sorry for them, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, that's what they really want, and God's given them over to it. And that's a sad and a very scary position to be in because God says, okay, that's what you want, that's what you get, that's what you're going to follow. And the, and the results of following that is, you know, eternity without Christ. So it's a very serious thing, but I, I just tell people, listen, there's the spirit of the age, and the Bible talks about it, it's an antichrist spirit. So everything you see happening in the world today is is naturally geared against Christ, against the Word, against you know good godly morality. So don't be surprised. Although I'm shocked and I'm angry and excited, not excited, but I'm you know frustrated with how people accept all this rubbish. But at the same time, I shouldn't be um, surprised because you know the Bible tells me, it warns me in the last days there's going to be a a real spirit of selfishness, a spirit of antichrist, a real perversion. And so all these things that are happening, I, I tell people, look, it's the spirit of the age. It was foretold. It is a sign that we're living in the last age. The, the worst thing is that now it's getting into the church and the church is accepting 
these things, these practices, these, or they're watering them down instead of taking a, a, a definite stand. And that's yeah. where I draw the line. Um, look, the world's doing what the world's going to do because that's all it knows. Look, the church should know better. Yep. And we need to be preachers of righteousness. And that's going to cost. It's going to be a cost as far as persecution and ostracization and all those things. But yeah. we've got to be prepared to take a stand. Yeah. Okay. Um, listen, before we wrap up, is there anything uh, that uh, you're involved with Friends of Israel? Is there anything um, anything new happening with Friends of Israel? Anything you want to tell us about what, what they're doing, what you're doing? Yeah, Christian Friends of Israel at the moment um, in Israel are very much involved in um, resettling a lot of the uh, Ukrainian refugees from Russia. Okay. Um, there's a steady stream of refugees, Russian Ukrainians coming back um, into the land. So we're very busy over there at the moment um, trying to settle these people in, um, getting alongside of them. Um, so that's that's our main focus at the moment. Yep. Um, as long as, it, you know, as well as all the other work that we're doing there, but this is a major thing and we're raising finances and sending them to Israel and people in Australia being very generous in responding. And that, that helps them settle in uh, and then gives us an opportunity to share the love of God with them and Okay, and uh, if yeah. anyone wants to help support, what would they? Um, what, what can well, they, they only need to just let us know. At Christian Friends of Israel, you yep. can um, just contact us. Um, you can uh, just drop me an email at cfiaustralia at hotmail.com and I can give you any information you want. So, CFI Australia, Australia at hotmail. I'll put those details in the. Uh, yeah. in the, I'll put that detail in the chat there um, for anyone yeah. to to contact you. Yeah. And then do yep, that if for they you. want to know what, what we do and everything I can I can share that with them so. that'd be fantastic um final thing is I just wanted if you could uh, just just explain to people the importance of uh, of why Christ is so important and um yeah and we'll just wrap it up yeah I, I often hear people talking about you know this poor person and these poor people and all these things well look the bottom line is people need Christ. The only thing that's going to change a person's life and their circumstances and their situations is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, it's been the message right from the very beginning and it's still the message today. It's not governments. It's not handouts. It's not mandates. It's not masks. It's not vaccines. It's not anything that man is proposing to do. No, Jesus Christ is the answer. Yeah. And, and you need to know Christ. And the, the reason you need to know Christ is because he offers life. Not only life now, but eternal life. And this, this life is coming to an end very quickly. As you know, it's, we're all getting older and we all feel it. Um, we know that we're mortal, yeah. but what's going to happen afterwards? And that's what we've got to secure now. And the only way we can do that is through knowing Christ because he's the way, the truth and the life. And without Christ, there's no hope for eternity. Um, let alone for surviving in this crazy world, which is getting crazier every day. So we need Jesus Christ. Thanks. Very well said. Uh, no Past <laughs> Pastor Patrick, thanks very much again for uh, for joining yeah, us. And yeah. um, mate, we will uh, definitely uh, stay in contact, obviously, and have you again yeah. another time. Thanks, Pastor. Yeah, Richard Jason. Thanks, mate. Bless Doing you. Bye. <laughs> See ya.